Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to Car Selling Secrets by Walzer Automotive Group. Is this number 75? Uh, yes, it is. Only two more episodes this year. Um, we are joined in studio by a couple of guys I had the pleasure of meeting through the Women of Walzer uh, Group. The, and they run a, f a foundation called Face It Forward. We're going to be talking about mental health issues uh, with men. It's just, a, just going to be a fascinating show. I'm super excited that they're here. We'll be right back Wait after this. Did you use me as bait for this show? I always use you as bait for the show. <laughs> Remember when you wanted to co-host and I said, well, send me a sparkle reel and we'll see if you're good enough? <laughs> the sparkle reel. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So we'll be right back after this announcement. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. I said, sisters, if you only knew. We're going to have to do something about that Brad, Sean, Brian commercial because uh, now Michael Bryant has your uh, Walzer spots down to about an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> well, we replaced this Walzer ad on the previous Walzer ad's birthday, so it might be a while until we get a new one. On the birthday? Yeah, it was a year old when we replaced it. Wow. Really? So, it yeah. worked, so keep, keep using it. Keep waiting. All right, we're our special guests. Well, guys, go ahead and introduce yourselves, please. I'm Mark Meyer. And I'm Bill Deckis. They are the uh, founders of the Face It Forward Foundation. Before we get into all that, what that's about, please tell us the, this is going to be, this is a top five first car story. I can already tell we were talking <laughs> off there. So go ahead. Okay. And remember, nobody's listening. This isn't evidence. Yes. And the statute of limitations has probably exactly. run out years ago. Yeah, it was 1986. So the first car is a 78 Caprice Classic, white, black top, rear-wheel drive, fast. A good buddy of mine who lived in Coon Rapids, we were both students at the U. And, you know, why go to class when at one in the afternoon you can probably you know, drink too much and go to the northern suburbs where, remember, you used to be able to pull up to the phone booths, talk on the phone. Yep. Well, it's really funny when you pull up next to the phone booth and you throw the phone in your car and you floorboard it and take off and Ooh. and the phone comes with you. Now, we were 19. Right. And uh, so we kind of started doing this and uh, probably seven or eight phone booths later, nobody in Coon Rapids or Blaine or Anoka could phone from oh, their car. God. So the night goes on, and the 78 Caprice Classic met its demise for the most part because it ended up in a 
Holiday Inn sign in Brooklyn Center. It ended up like it had is yeah. like Christine from yep. the yep. Stephen King novel had a mind of its own. So we limped it home the next day. I live in Northeast. I lived in Northeast. I still live in Northeast Minneapolis. And I, I called my dad because I had some front end issues and. And, uh, you know, you wake up the next day, you're still a little bleary-eyed, maybe not, you know, thinking 100% straight. And, and Dad comes over, and he's like, okay, I'll help you. And, you know, first thing he says is, well, let's, let's change the front tire out. And as he's walking around, it occurs to me, my dad, who's a Navy veteran, is about to open my trunk and see seven Uh-oh. severed phones in the trunk of my Uh-oh. car. And, uh, you know, I, I can still picture my dad like he had his hands on the, you know, the trunk as it was up here, about Forty-eight minutes passed, which was probably about five seconds. He slammed the trunk, got in his car, and left. <laughs> Just left. I love your dad. My dad died fourteen years ago. We never spoke one oh, word of it. That's just awesome. Ever. Just shut the trunk and just left. Goodbye. That was that. Love it. So then that was that. The car that I did end up getting the car repaired, and it was a great car. So. So did you grow up in Northeast? I grew up in Brooklyn Park. Okay. Where Brooklyn Park, Crystal, and New Hope all come together is where I grew up. It's very close to where I live right now. Oh, really? I yeah. was 63rd in Utah. Yeah, where I'm I grew on, up. Uh, let's see. I don't even know what the cross street is. I probably I'm very close to the holiday, though. Okay. I'm uh, by the bridge. Yeah. Remember yeah. where Atlantic Mills used yeah. to be? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right the, there, baby. The pop shop. The so, pop shop. <laughs> the pop shop. So, yeah, I, I, I grew And then I, I've lived in Northeast. Uh, my wife, I lived there, and my wife and I met in college. We lived there in college, moved away for a while, moved back, and we've lived in Northeast since 1996. Oh, wow. That's a long time. Yeah. Can I, I tell w- you one thing about Atlantic Mills before sure. we move on? Atlantic Mills was the kind of store. That we Northsiders would go out there to shop because it was, you know, low prices and all that. The only problem is that everything in the store looked, smelled, and tasted exactly the same. I don't know what it was they sprayed everything with, but it, it's like, why does this candy bar smell like that shirt you were wearing yesterday? <laughs> what the hell? I never did understand delousing that. spray. Maybe it's delousing. Yeah, it could have been. And then it turned into Zare Shopper City after that. Zare Shopper oh, yeah. City, certainly. Are you from the neighborhood, too? Uh, no, actually. I grew up in Moundsview. I grew up on 35W and County Road I. Sure. And then I got married and moved all the way from 35W to County Road D. Oh, oh well, okay. Long ways. And they are alphabetical. Yep. And they are so, alphabetical. So that's how far I've traveled pretty much in my life. And, 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 pretty worldly fella. And, and Bill is actually married to my cousin. And my cousin's mom worked at Zare Shopper City. Because so, they grew up in, Bro- in Brooklyn Center, right? Don't you connect mom be your aunt? Well, my aunt, right there you go. <laughs> my cousin's mother, I'm like, that'd be your aunt. He usually yeah. doesn't admit to any of that stuff, so it's kind of okay. new for him. Yeah. Zare Shopper City, a name that no one can pronounce after the second beer. Yeah. I, I have yeah, to push the clutch into the floor and just did? jam gears here. This is going to be an abrupt switch, but I, 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 these guys did an interview. Was it Channel 11? Yep. Uh, a few years ago. It's kind of how I found out about them through the Women of Walzer, and it was such a powerful interview. I cut it down. It's only a little bit over a minute long, but this talks about it's really two and probably and a half minutes the, almost. Huh? It's almost two and a half minutes. Oh, is it really? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I didn't. But that's cut good. It down. We'll see. We'll see <laughs> what fine. kind of an editing job I did. But All this right. tells kind of a pretty some pretty dark stories about <clears throat> what forced uh, changes for the good. So, Andy, go ahead and roll it, please. It was dark. It was really dark. Everything was gray. There was no color. The flowers were gray. The grass was gray. The sun was never shining. I got married, had a job, bought a house, did all that stuff. The stuff you'd think normal people would. But inside, 
I was, I wanted to die. Fourteen years ago, I was on the wrong end of a loaded shotgun with three beautiful children sound asleep, my wife at work, a great job waiting for me the next day, and I had every intention of ending my life. My youngest, who generally was a very, very sound sleeper, woke up crying. And that's what got the gun out of my mouth. And uh, I went to hold my daughter, and very soon after my wife came home, I was transported to the hospital. I was 35 years old when I went in the hospital, so between my junior year of college until I was 35, I lived on and off with those feelings. I think women generally have more opportunities to discuss things and share things with their other female friends. Guys don't do that. We're fixers. We're supposed to take care of everything. We're not supposed to have these problems. We're not supposed to be sad. We're not supposed to deal with stuff like that. It took hearing a story of someone else telling their story about their battles with depression and their suicide attempt to make me realize that that person was actually talking about me. They were telling my story. He heard me tell my story, and he and I have known each other for a number of years. And when he came up to me and said, I didn't even think depression was real, but you told my story. In 2009, I had this idea to launch the Face It Foundation, and with the help of Bill Deckis, we got this thing off the ground. To our knowledge, we're the only organization focused specifically on men in depression that does peer support, groups, retreats, one-on-one, -on -one, breakfast, Vikings games, Twins games. And yeah, we don't charge and we don't care about your insurance. They should call us. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. It's, uh, I teared up, honestly, the first time I saw you that in that Women of Walzers thing. It was hard to watch. So, But kudos for, for it's amazing how many positive things can come out of really, really dark places. So hats off for you know, what must have been a, a really, really difficult time. So tell us about the early days of the foundation. How did, I mean, that just sort of touched on how it got started, but you had an idea. And obviously, I mean, there's so much involved in putting a foundation together. You have to, it's marketing. You have to let people know what you're trying to do. You have to gain some level of expertise yourself. There's funding issues. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. So how, how did you put, guys put this together? Well, the nice thing about Mark and I is that we jump into things without knowing anything about them. <laughs> well, you're a guy. So there's exactly. no fear, right? You just jump in. I don't. Just look it up right. on YouTube. You know, so many, people, how it's done. so many people talk to us about starting nonprofits and 501c3s. It's like, you've got to have a board and bylaws. And you got to, I mean, there's a lot to it. We didn't know any of that. We call those the fun police. We wanted to, yeah. we wanted to make a difference, and that's what happened. So, uh, so yeah, I was running a, my own business. I had a business, uh, an apparel business I was running, and Mark, uh, as you guys heard, is basically my cousin. So he reached out and said, I want to do this. Let's do this. And I had just sold my business, so it was a good time. We, we started the Face It Foundation um, in 2009. Uh, in the end of 2009, we became officially a 501c3. Um, yeah, there are a lot of things we had to learn on the fly. Um, it's interesting. In 2011, we did a cross-country bike ride. Actually, Mark rode his bike from San Francisco to New York. No, bicycle bicycle. Motor bicycle? No, bicycle. Okay. And uh, I followed behind in a, in a wonderfully donated POS. 
RV that was yeah, let us use. So wait a minute. He's riding a bicycle, and you're Homer Simpson in the 30-year-old Winnebago? Okay. Just, Sorry it blew up. I mean, you know. Yes. <laughs> um, there you go. But, you know, we we started out, and we met some people at Stanford, and we started out there. And the, the development director at Stanford, so the guy who raises money for Stanford, looked at us and, and talked. We're talking what we're doing. We're going to raise awareness, going to raise some money. He goes, you know what? Don't do fundraisers. Just call the rich people. There you go. And I said, well, that seems interesting. I, I asked mean, him if he had the phone book. Where's the, where's <laughs> yeah. the phone book with the, the rich, rich people? people. <laughs> and he didn't. But uh, but one thing he told us right before we left the Stanford area is, is, you guys aren't charging for anything. Your business model, it will not work. So we just passed 10 years. We sent him a thank you card <laughs> and uh, said, vote. thanks for your support because it's made a real difference. Did you hear what happened with uh, Goya Foods? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Fun, yep. uh, did you hear about yep. that, Dougie? What did their... About AOC, Employ- yeah, no, I know. Employee of the last month. Employee of the month. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. You heard about that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I just love thousand them. percent sales bump. Yeah, <laughs> you really can't ask for much more than that. Yeah. <laughs> Employee of the month. Yeah. <laughs> we got to take a quick break already. Oh my the god, first already? Segment. Well, it's. I told you this is going to be interesting. It is. We'll be back with uh, more about the uh, Face It Foundation. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO from North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, you work with many different types of businesses. Can you tell me about one of them? Absolutely. Real Fishing was started by a young entrepreneurial couple here in the Twin Cities. They offer guided fishing services during the open water season and ice house rentals in the winter. They came to us with a great idea for their business, but not a lot of experience in getting one off the ground. Now that they're up and running, they've told us how much they appreciate that we listen to their ideas for their business and help them work through all of the contingencies that could come. Knowing that we will be here to help them every step of the way with the capital they need. Yeah, they're not going to get that at just any bank. You need Bilski. Tommy, our whole team at all of the branches take pride in providing outstanding customer service and are ready to help our clients when they need us most. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. By now you've all heard me talk about MyPillow and how it's literally changed my life. My friend Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fit me for my very own MyPillow, and I haven't stopped raving about them since. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. Made in the USA. If you don't have a MyPillow or know someone who doesn't, now is the time. Because for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows, yes, the one that started it all, for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more, by the way. Folks, now is the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they are the best Christmas gifts ever. $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow. Buy now, and Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Square and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. So we're back with more from the Face It Foundation. I... It's interesting because when I was doing a little research on your website, uh, I, I went into the 
you know, the donation page. And you've got C.H. Robinson, which must be on the first page of the Rich People's Book to call up. But you've also got the O'Gara family. I thought that's kind of cool that, you know, they're contributing. But the one that really stunned me was the Minnesota Parrot Heads. Uh, the parrot, so Jimmy it? Buffett fans are good for something. Yes. Glenn Mason, he's a, you know, he's a Parrot Head. Is he really? Ah. Oh, yeah. I didn't absolutely. know that. He absolutely is. Yeah, the Parrot Heads have been very good to us. Um, a number of years ago, we we know some members. I knew them through other activities, and they every year they have a big fundraiser, which is borderline illegal. Um, it's nice. in a it's in a hotel filled with Parrot Heads. That's all that's in this hotel, and it's three days of debauchery. It's 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 incredible. Um, the ping pong balls and the bra. Uh, I mean, yeah. it, whatever. Anyway. Um, See, nonprofits can be fun, but they uh, oh, yeah. they uh, they raise money in crazy ways and uh, party with a purpose, and that's what their statement is: party with a purpose. That's they true. party like crazy, and and they would donate money to us. And and we wouldn't be where we were, or where we are, without individuals. We don't take government money. We don't take any government. You know, we don't go after any of that. We don't bill insurance. We don't charge for it. We've never charged for anything. I mean, retreats, things we do, we don't charge. It's individual donors. I mean. We're a couple of blue-collar guys from the northern suburbs. I mean, you do the right thing, and people want to help. That's how it's worked. So when men find you, tip, tip, is there a like a, I don't want to say prototype, what are the average, what is it, a 35-year-old guy? Is it 50? Is it all over the map? Are they right out of the Army? What is, the, what is your typical, I won't say customer or client, but people that you serve, what are they like? It's, it's changed over time the longer we've been around. We're getting more young guys. But, you know, withholding Andy, it's the four of us sitting at this table. Right. Super you know, handsome 48-year-olds. Exactly. exactly. Wildly successful. I mean, you know, it's, it's a lot of – it's a lot of – a lot of the guys that come to us, they're family guys, they've got kids, they've got jobs, you know, they've struggled in silence. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's the issue. I mean, that's why so many men are dying by suicide, because nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. Nobody wants to bring true. it up. You know, you don't want to admit you're, you're struggling. So it's, that's what it is. We, we started a group um, for 20-somethings. We have a specific group um, for military vets. We, we have a really good relationship with uh, an organization, um, Operation 22 to Zero, that um, is run by, uh, he's, a, he's a Marine and a Washington County Sheriff. So that's specific for guys who mm -hmm. are, are in the, the military. Um, but it's a lot of, lot of middle-aged guys. Yeah. Guys just like us. You know, the concept, when you think of somebody that struggles with depression, you think of someone that cries all the time, their head is always in their hands, right? That's not what we're talking about. That's not what would have happened to me if I would have ran into the bridge the day I planned to. It would have been a single car accident. Nobody would have known any yeah, different. Right. right. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly and right. we're high. I mean, here's a perfect example. Mark and I live about five minutes away from each other. And until I heard his story one day at my church, I didn't know he tried to kill himself. I didn't know oh, any of yeah. that. We, we hide it even from our families and closest loved ones. Yeah, yeah it is. I... Trying to think how to say this. I was a, a psychology undergrad at McAllister. I was working at a locked psych unit as a counselor, getting ready to go to grad school. And this is in the early 80s when they cut off funding for health insurance and so on and so forth. Started the homeless problem in the country. Um, and I was still pretty angry about that personally because I think they did mental health a huge disservice with those changes that were you know 40 years ago oh yeah but the problem regardless of that if that had happened or not i think one of the biggest problems is that uh, mental health is treated by the population at large as a character flaw mm -hmm. 
and and that makes it acceptable to only allow 28 days a year of inpatient treatment for depression or whatever it is. If you have cancer, they don't kick you out after 28 days, no. right? It's like, well, sorry we didn't right, cure right, you. Right, uh, right. Better luck, say hi to Jesus, and you should be up there pretty soon. It's just, it's it's really difficult. And and when you hear, with good intentions, people with good hearts saying, oh, you know, when I feel bad, I just go for a walk. It's like, okay, this is a this is a different it's thing. It's a different deal, yeah. And I think <clears throat> that's maybe one of the reasons that guys stay quiet. Because they think, oh, it's a character flaw, and I should be able to just, you know, it's like getting a, a fastball in the ribs. Right. You just sort of shake it off. And that is, if, you're, if you're suffering from depression, it doesn't work that way. Right. And, you know, I think a lot of guys, we feel shame, we feel embarrassed, you know, and, and whether it's society at large or it's our own sense of inadequacy and we don't want to admit that we're struggling, you know, these guys, and guys mask it. I, I mean, I was an angry human being. I mean, I wasn't when I was depressed. I didn't cry. I was a really angry guy. You're just an asshole. I was an asshole. I, I mean, and my wife of 29 that's a, years. That's a technical medical term. It is, right? yeah. You know, my wife would be here to say, yeah, that's and that's the case with so many guys. We we're angry, and you know how you keep people out of your business? You scream and yell at them. They leave you alone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or you drink oh, yeah. too much, or you know, the things I did. You drink too much. You avoid your family. You you know, I mean, guys will go to great lengths to make sure nobody knows they're struggling. That is amazing. Is it easy to figure out for a lot of people where it all started? I, 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 what do you think? You know, I think I think it once guys. A lot of guys come to us and they have no clue. They just know they're struggling, which is great. We can work mm-hmm. with that. But the more time we spend with them, the more open and honest they feel comfortable and get. Then you'll find out. You know, we've got a lot of guys that never got dad's approval. That just Gee, wanted, what are you looking at over there? Just yeah. want, <laughs> Tom, that's your cue. But you know, we were just talking about it in the Walzer presentation. There was a picture of a, a young boy playing catch with his dad. It takes me back to the field of so dreams. What's that playing catch with your dad? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. It's the it's the you know the field of dreams movie. I yeah, just want to have yeah. a catch. There are a lot of guys that get back to that, and they're still carrying that, and they're fifty years old. Yeah. Yep. It's tough. We did a class where we had about 30 guys show up, and it was the fathers we grew up with and the fathers we've become. Pretty interesting stuff. You yeah. know, it fascinates me. That stuff is really, I mean, it's absolutely my story. There's no yeah. question about it. Yeah. It's the way it is. And, and you learn how to function in your life regardless of what you came from. But a lot of us guys, you just make a lot of bad choices along the way, and the older you get, the choices have more consequences, and the ramifications get bigger and bigger. And you know, the whole mental health, you know, what is mental health? Is it a disease? Where does it come from? It's so complicated, right? I mean, if it were simply a chemical imbalance, we'd have solved it with the number of people taking antidepressants oh, right yeah. now. It's oh, yeah. so much more complex it is, than absolutely. that. And, and it's, you know, an, another thing we've come across at Face It, and remember, re- a lot of regular guys, the number of guys that we've met who were sexually abused along the way, through the roof. That amazed me because I've been picking up on more and more that people come to me and talk to me about that. It's yeah, a big taboo thing this country does not want to talk about yet. I think it's one of our last issues that is, you know, I mean, we saw yeah. a little bit of it with the church scandals and that, but there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys that have been, that lot of physical abuse. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because during the last election, I live in Rosemont, and there was a guy running for, I think, state representative re-election, and his big campaign flyer wound up in my mailbox, and I usually don't read them, but I'm like, yeah, he's a local guy, and he's already in. I should learn about him. And right on the side, it was, I was sexually abused by a priest when I was eight. I thought, at least we're getting to the point where 
you can say that now. Yeah. I think 10 years ago, that's yeah. under the rug. It still is for a lot of people, but it, there's fewer under the rug today than there are. We're making strides, right? Yeah. You know, we, we talked about this in one of my support groups I led last night about, about a suicide and how in the paper it's always listened to obituaries, always listed as died suddenly, unexpected, right? that kind of thing. Yeah. Those are buzzwords for this person probably took their life. I don't want to take over this, but it's interesting you mentioned that. We have, it's our, it's our Subaru store now in South St. Paul, but it was our reconditioning center. It's right near the Doug Woog Arena, if you're familiar with that. And there's a hilltop, and there was a 16-year-old kid that shotgunned, you know, killed himself. And the property owners were really upset, and I met with the chief of police and the property owners were trying to figure out how to keep kids out of there because then it becomes kind of a shrine. And I said, and I was talking to the chief afterwards, and I said, you know, it's kind of weird. It's, I, I looked, when I heard about it, I looked for it in the paper, didn't see anything. He goes, we don't, especially teen suicides, yeah. we don't want to publicize them oh, yeah. because it starts an avalanche of them, and one will trigger another. And I thought, man, I just... Yeah, it's that that contagion thing is real. Bill mentioned we did a bike ride. It all kicked off. We were down in Palo Alto, you know, Facebook and Apple and all this, and we got invited to a high school that, uh, high, you know, obviously high pressure, high performing area. This high school had had five or six kids, right? About yeah, five or seven, six, total. seven, seven of these kids who had stepped in front of a commuter train over the course of the last Ooh. probably nine to fourteen months and Man. died, and you know, and. There is a contagion yeah. component yeah. of it, especially with kids. Yep. You know, they see somebody getting attention. They see somebody being talked about. And when you're not thinking straight, you yeah. know. Yeah, so. Good point. That's a very good point. We actually have to take right. another break already. <laughs> good God. All right, we'll make Didn't the last one go really long because we're not going to be done in another 10 minutes. I, <laughs> I don't see that. how. Yeah, exactly. We'll be right back after this exciting announcement. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is the equal opportunity employer. So what is it? Pork shoulder and ham? Yeah. Bam. That's what it is. <laughs> spiced ham. Spiced ham. Is that, oh, that's spiced what oh, spiced ham is what's spam. Yep. Very, very familiar with that. They they bake that in the can. You realize that, right? They yes, put they a do. put a sludge in a can, no. seal it, and then bake it <gasps> what? that way. And to think uh. I won't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> My little sister, who is an attorney, she graduated from Duke for four years between the time she was four to eight every morning for breakfast. Spam. Dry toast and cold spam. Nice. Was she Hawaiian? No. (laughs) She's Episcopalian from Massachusetts. They do, yeah. She's like as far, if you have Hawaiians here, she's like way down there. She's the opposite of a Hawaiian. Could I ask a question? I don't want to take up the whole whole interview. Um, 
Do you think people ever deal... Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. My two examples would be Donald Trump and Barack Obama. The problems those two men have, and they do have a lot of problems. Both of them have a lot of emotional problems, some, I would say, mental problems. Do you think anyone, either one of them will ever run up to the fact that they have mommy and daddy issues? Because they do. I mean, <laughs> yes, severe mommy and daddy issues. Uh, Barack Obama cannot get over the fact that his mother and father both abandoned him. His grandparents raised him, thank God. Donald Trump, his mother at his wedding said, what kind of son did I raise? Mm-hmm. His own wedding. I'd say that's a valid question. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <I> <laughs> well, nice. <laughs> really nice. Do you think, I mean, I got lucky in a way that I knew right away the cause of my problems. You know, from the time I was seven years old on, I knew it. Well, I, here's how I got lucky. I'm not going to take up all day, but I want to ask you th- th- that whole deal. So I'm seven years old. My father's pissed off at me because I, I was up in the attic and I had put scratches on the inside of the roof. I didn't even know what the hell I was doing. I was seven, right? So he came up with this, this metal spatula and beat the piss out of me. Andy tells me this day that he damaged my amygdala. <laughs> well, I don't think that's what I said exactly. Well, but. It, it did happen. But so uh, my mother and my sister came up and dragged him off, you know, something. A few days later, I'm back in the attic because I played in the attic a lot, and I heard the door open, so I hid behind boxes. I didn't want to really take another spatula to the head. And my father came upstairs, threw a rope over the rafters, tied the, the noose in it, but he never did it. And I think to this day that if he had hanged himself, I would have blamed myself forever for that. Probably. I would have never gotten over it. It would have been my fault. Uh, my youngest brother, Troy, moving forward, and then I'll shut up. Just died eight weeks ago today, as a matter of fact, because he never got over the fact that the day he was born was the last time my father was ever lived with us. Wow. As soon mm-hmm. as Troy was born, he left, and Troy never got over blaming himself for that. Yeah. Can we ever get to the point where we can say, hey, this is why I think the, what, what, I, what I think and how I think? Can we can we get there? I, I think so. I think people get there all the time. And, Good. You know, Glad what, to hear it. What, what, will you know? Will will the president or the previous president ever get there? You know, I don't know. But <laughs> it's I, maybe too late. Uh, <laughs> I think at that age, yeah, it's probably too late. What I do know is that if you don't ever get there, your life is pretty miserable. Yeah. Yes, and, absolutely. And, and everybody in your life, their life is pretty miserable too. Because <laughs> you're around. <laughs> yeah, I understand. And and you know, I suspect Tom, for you. You can probably make some comparisons between now and then, and you are still who you are, but you're probably a lot more content. Life's probably a little bit easier on some levels. But I do consider myself very lucky that he didn't hang himself. Right. I'm very lucky there, and it also drove me. The, and, and, it and, did, And absolutely. that's actually when I finally was put in the hospital. I'm a comp- I was a hockey player in high school, right? So I'm a competitive guy. That's... Getting better, I was driven to get better, and I had kids, and so I was motivated to do that. Wait, you were going to get better faster than anybody well, ever? I nobody's sure ever seen I anybody, well, nobody's look, ever seen anybody get better that fast? Look at me now. we got this foundation, <laughs> yep. you know? But, I mean, this and this legacy of suicide, it, it's... It, I had a I had a mom come to us one time at Face It, a woman who had lost her husband to suicide, and she had two kids, and she said... You know what that asshole did? He took all his problems, he cut it into three pieces, gave a piece to me, a piece to my daughter, oh, yeah. and a piece to my son. Yep. I mean, what's left over, excuse me, after a suicide for the survivors is ugly. Yeah. We have a wonderful group that we work with at, at, through Face It. It's um, called Face It Moms. All moms that have lost sons to suicide. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's a tough one. It's a tough group. 
They're, they're amazing women that they continue to get up and move forward and are there for each other. I have no idea what to tell someone like that. Yeah, this mother sure. that's been through it is a great resource for another mother kind of thing. And, and one of the moms in this group lost two sons to suicide. Oh. Hang on. Two and a half months apart. And she's one of the strongest, most resilient people yeah. I know. She hurts. Of course she hurts, but she's trying to help people. Yeah. I mean, she's amazing what she does. Yeah. So, How old were the boys? Uh, 27. 27 and 22. Uh, Young. Young. Yeah. So it's, you know, people do get better, regardless of your age. You know, we, we actually lost a guy at Face It to suicide three weeks ago. And uh, he's the first guy we've lost to suicide. And, and the highest risk group for suicide is middle class white men between mm-hmm. the ages of 45 and 60. That's the highest percentage of suicide completers in this country. And, um, you know, this guy, he couldn't kind of see some of this stuff. You know, he couldn't right. see the way out of it. Yep. And I think that's when we lose people, is when they don't see that I can still get better even at, this gentleman was 63 years old. And, uh, you know, it, it, some do come out of it. Some, I tell guys, you know what, there, there is a point in your life when it's too late to repair your relationships, to repair your liver, to repair, you know, all the things that you've done. So when do you, I mean, the name of our organization, face it. Right. I mean, when are you going to deal with it? <clears throat> yeah, you got to deal with it. Yeah. I, I, I didn't say this on the, uh, the meeting, but uh, the, the one that I, uh, the Zoom meeting that you did with the, the Walzer team, somebody was talking about one of their, I think it was kids or relative that, had been depressed, and they said, oh, I just kept talking to them, and then, you know, one day they were all better. And as a mental health professional, it, it, it was like, that's that's the real dangerous time. Right. So if you're right. listening to this and you have a uh, loved one or some that's battling with depression, and then all of a sudden, for no discernible reason, they seem to be happy and can't, oh, what yeah. that means 90% oh. of the times is that they've made the decision to take their lives, and that's that's when you get the fire alarms up. Yeah. Man, that's tough. Hey, why are you happy? Stop being yeah. happy. <laughs> See, I told you those walks would help. And yeah, nothing just... against walking. It is no, wonderful. No, it is wonderful. These yeah. problems are deeper rooted than, you know, a brand new pair of Zubas and some new balances. Mm-hmm. And, Tom, to your point, I mean, what's, what's important is for guys that come to face it to be able to start opening up and talking about some of their experiences right. and realize I'm not the only one. You know what? My father left our house when I was seven years old, and I felt responsible. I'm oh, the yeah. one, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I... I, 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 it's terrible now, but I would have loved to have talked to your brother and say, you know what, I felt that way too. Yeah. But you know, here's what I, here's how I looked at it, or whatever. We need those other options. You know. Yeah. Somebody, somebody actually knows what you're talking about. Yep. Somebody will listen because yep. most times, especially in like my mother's generation, is like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> get o- get over it. Get over on. it. Yeah. I'll, give, I'll yeah. give you something to cry about. I yeah. mean, that there was a classic that. line. There was that. Absolutely. Well, from generations that lived through, like, stuff, the Great Depression, World War II, that kind of thing, you kind of do see the point. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah. if I could go over there and, you know, liberate concentration camps, then what do you have to be sad about? Right. But that's not really how it works. Well, and General Patton famously got in trouble for slapping a uh, yep. soldier with what we would now call PTSD. PTSD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's an evolution. We know more. People are talking more. I mean, the police, the Marines. I mean, these groups are all saying, yeah, we have to pay attention mm-hmm. to this. Yeah. And if they're paying attention to it, the rest of us ought to get on board as well then at this point. I have a great story. You know the Johnny Carson story with his mother? 
All you'd like pass this along in your meetings. <clears throat> the greatest stories of all time about it doesn't have to be. Now Johnny did have some alcohol problems. There's no doubt about that. But Johnny Carson's mother never showed him any affection at all. Okay. None. Right. Uh, through his whole life. Well, no matter what he did, it was wrong, it was horrible, all the rest of it. <clears throat> I had Mike Wallace on the show several years ago, the CBS Mike Wallace. Yeah. Did you hear this story? Uh-uh. Oh. No, he's just saying that he's actually heard of Mike Wallace. I know Mike Wallace. <laughs> uh, it could have been Wallace Gardner. Sorry, it blew up. <laughs> but, so he, he, he says, Tom, i got to tell you a story. Uh, on 60 Minutes this weekend, I think it was on 60 Minutes, uh, he said, uh, I have a special guest. I'm interviewing Johnny Carson's mother in, I guess, Nebraska. She was still living in Nebraska. This is on the highest rated show at the time on television. 60 Minutes every week won the ratings. Every week. Wasn't even close. So he said, here's what we're talking about. I went in and interviewed her, and we watched Johnny's monologue that night because he used to be alive. Uh, we watched his monologue that night, and I will tell you now what she said. And I tried to get a hold of Johnny, and I couldn't find him. No matter how how hard I looked, I couldn't find him that night to ask him about it. So on 60 Minutes in front of millions, I mean, literally, they used to have 30, 40 million people watch that show. She's, he says, Mrs. Carson and I sat down. We watched Johnny's monologue. I was laughing. I thought it was terrific. Monologue ends, they go to commercial, and his mother turns to me and goes, that wasn't funny at all. His own mother yeah. on national television in front of 40 million people says, you're a piece of shit. shit. That's mm-hmm. exactly what she did to him. Yeah. And uh, that drove him to phenomenal success. Though There's another way to go with this. You don't have right. to kill yourself. Right. You can drive yourself and say, listen, bitch. <laughs> you know? Yeah. God, I can't, I, what a story that was. You know, and that's such a common issue with the guys that come to face yeah. it is self-esteem issues. Oh, yes. You know, oh, it yeah. doesn't matter how successful you are, how rich nope. you are, whatever you've nope. done, you still feel like you've let everyone down. I mean, that was my story. I mean, everyone thought I was a wonderful, happy-go-lucky guy, and I knew that I ruined everyone's lives. I was a terrible <laughs> husband, a terrible <laughs> friend, uh, everything. And I, I wanted to die because it would make their lives better if I wasn't around. You never got that validation early on. Never. Never. And now what happens, for me anyway, is it's hard to get that. I mean, now when someone says, oh, my gosh, you've saved our lives because of what you do at Face It, don't tell me that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I wanted that before, but now I don't want that. This is is Minnesota. Let's tone it down a little bit. That is terrific. I think it's just wonderful that you guys got together and are doing this whole thing because there's not a person out there that needs to kill themselves. You can get past it. You can move on to other. You could either succeed. You can find a peaceful life somewhere. You can't fix your mom and dad. Right. You can't do it. So let it go, right? Well, it's it's tough. Mark's Mark's favorite word to people like that is say, now what? Mm -hmm. You know what? Your dad did this when Mm -hmm. you were seven. Okay, Tom, now what? Yeah, that's exactly it. Let's, no. let's move forward. Like the great thing is, and Andy, would you would you disagree with this? That our family, your mother, your sister, you and I are the tightest family that we've ever seen. Probably, yeah. We are a very, very close family for that. I mean, not that cloying type, but we just really right. enjoy each other's company. Not the wearing matching movies. sweaters. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> matching jammies for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't do that. And, and kudos to you for breaking yeah. that chain, right? It was enough. Your yeah. dad dealt with stuff a certain way, and you said, hell no. 
That's not what I'm doing moving forward. Yeah. Out of seven kids, a few of them didn't. Yep. Yeah. Kudos just, to they you. Never got it up. Well, I think there was a, the the strength of my mother that did it for me because my mother's a very very strong person. I miss her. Yep. It's been 12 years now. It's been a bitch. There's yep. no doubt about it. But she, you know, she was just there. Yeah. She, I love you, and that's. A, although she did tell me on her 61st birthday birthday that I, I sent her 61 roses, right? And she told me. You know, looking back, Tom, you're the first person that ever told me you loved me. Wow. I'm like, what? Dad wow. never said he loved wow. me. He goes, nope, he never told me he loved me. Yeah. So that's northern Minnesota, you know, yep. St. Yeah. Louis, uh, uh, Long Prairie, Minnesota. Yeah. We saw that with our men's class that we put on about fathers. Every one of them, except one, basically, yeah. said, you know what, my dad never told me he loved me. No, not a chance. No, there was no hugs, none of that. Nope, Nothing. none of it. So That's kudos exactly to right. the dads out there that are breaking those chains, changing those 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 stereotypes, and, yeah. and loving and hugging and caring for their kids. And he gets sick of it though. Well, I mean, <laughs> he smiles every <laughs> once in a while until he sees his matching pajamas for Christmas. That's exactly right. Yeah. I love what this does for people out there. Even if one person decides, no, I'm not going to do this because yeah. of today. Yeah. That's phenomenal. So how do they get a hold of you? Somebody needs help. A family member needs help. Somebody wants to join the women's group. What's the easiest way? Website? Or? Website, faceitfoundation.org. They can email us, info at faceitfoundation.org. They're going to get one of us. We're going to reply. You know, before COVID hit, we had 23 men's groups going strong. Over 230 guys come to our office regularly. Wow. You know, we're not a therapy program. We're not a 12-step program. We're not a religious organization. Not that any of that matters, but we're just not right. that. We're right. just a place where people get together and talk. And again, everything is free. There's no insurance. We don't care about co-pays. Men can use anything they want as an excuse, especially when it comes to mental health. Oh, we can't afford it. Our insurance, right. uh, you know what? We'll take that part away. What else you got? What other excuse you got? Come on. Bring it on. We're ready. I, mean, that I was love a, that it. Was I just purpose. went through this with my wife. I haven't gone to the doctor in a couple of years, yep. and she's been on my ass to get in there. So finally, yesterday, I called Apple Valley Medical and... Yep. Vindication. Well, yeah. sometimes. No, 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 no. My doctor retired two months ago. Oh, oh, God. We need our wives, I think, oh, no to kidding. push us on stuff. Oh, I know God, my wife has been my, my foundation. I know Mark has as well. And, yep. And, yeah, those, those wives and mothers in our lives are Huge. pretty important. Women, yeah. you know, the, this is, Doug will tell you this. I have a really hard time working for men. Uh, I can work for women, no problem. Yeah. But working for men is really hard for me to do. Yeah. And don't tell me what to do. <laughs> that's it's so true. I mean, we Isn't see that it? with the guys at, at Face It. I mean, most of these guys, the troubles they have at work with other guys is a big part of what's going on oh, with yeah. these guys. Oh yeah, big time. Women told me to do something. Uh, there used to be sure. a woman named Kate over at over at KQ. General manager goes, "Hey Tom, I need you to do this." I go, "I'm not doing that. Forget it." Program director, no. I talked to Mark. He said, "You got to do this." I said, "I told Mark, I'm not doing it." Kate would come in and go, you're doing it. I'd go, okay. <laughs> Was that a radio spot for Walzer? Yeah, easy, yeah. easy. Wow. That's exactly, wow. Right. That's exactly Everybody right. gets to take shots at the sponsor. Well, we went way over, but it was well worth it. We have Thank you guys, guys back. so Thank much for, for coming in. Especially this time of year. Yeah. yeah. Big. This is really big. hard. With holidays, it's tough. Yep. COVID is making it extra special uh, tough. Uh, and so, uh, speaking of COVID, do you guys run Zoom meetings with your groups? We're, now? we're okay. doing Zoom now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. And it's better than nothing, but it it's sucks. Not the, it's not the it's same, not but you're right. Great. It is better than nothing. Yep. Yes. You get transcripts, and when you read the transcripts, you go, "That's not what I meant by that at all." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, 
and kudos to you guys for for making this topic something yeah. people want to listen to and talk yeah. about because it's it's kind of hidden a lot of times so yeah. helps one person's yep. worth it man no yep. this is this is a great episode it started out with a fabulous car story and i'm like <laughs> now how are we going to shift this into yeah. talking about don't kill yourself yeah. hmm well let's just see what happens and it was great thank you so much for being on that wraps up episode 75 of walzer automotive groups car selling secrets next week we'll have uh one of our pr team dana is coming in she was uh, she's always tries to feed me guests i said why don't you come in you're kind of an interesting person and i think that'll be the last show for the year for us actually i think so yep, I think that's right the next two thursdays are christmas eve and new year's eve so yeah. christmas eve is two weeks from today yes it is what wow. then it came up fast nice. wow. how is it look we'll close to this question okay how is it in 2020 covid world some stuff drags and the other yeah, stuff flies yeah, by. Yeah. How does that happen? Yeah. No idea. Man, it's just this year's over already in a couple of weeks. But it seemed like it dragged like a madman. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll be glad when 2022 happens, or 2021, sorry. Yes. 2022, I, you just skip next yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> I might, might have to. It might not know. be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, well, that, it might not be that pretty, right? Yeah. Sorry. Adios. See you in a week, everybody.